0: This morning will be First Thessalonians chapter four verses thirteen through eighteen. First Thessalonians four, thirteen through eighteen. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest your sorrows as as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. mic, so we'll just use the stand mic. Good morning. I uh, feel slightly disoriented. I think I'm probably not the only one, right? Because um, I I wish I was just filling in today, you know? um, We get up here and we usually say something like, oh, thanks to the elders for asking me, and, you know, just filling in for a moment. You can tell I'm not the the main guy, but I wish I was just filling in today because... uh, But Sean has left a a, a hole and a gap that that we're not gonna fill, and it can't be filled. We can preach and we can teach for a time, but, but Sean made a place in our lives uh, and our hearts and our minds and that whole won't be filled, it doesn't need to be filled. Uh, he will be missed. And I personally will miss him standing here, but, but I think I'll miss him even more out in the foyer where he stood and, and he smiled and he laughed and he cared and he connected with us as family. Yeah. Sean loved people. And we loved him too. And I wish I knew how much, uh, before, and I would say that the church here is a body, and it's a family, and the body has been wounded, and it's not a glancing blow. It is, we've lost a part of us, an important part. It's, a, it's an amputation, you know, and it's going to take us a minute to find our balance again. And we're all going to experience it a little bit differently. Some are closer to the pain, some have more peace. And that's okay because we're going to look out for each other. And we're going to give each other grace. And we're going to submit to each other and a lot of the things that we've talked about lately. The last thing I want to say on that is that I, I just got home from the Florida College Missouri camp. And I can state with confidence that today, this morning, maybe right now, that literal thousands of Christians are praying for the Cavender family and for us, asking God to take care of us and help us take the next step. And the reason I mention that is that the body is a lot bigger than we get to see every Sunday. And it's rooting for us and approaching God on our behalf. And this feels hard and it feels lonely, but. Um, sometimes there's people at your back that are just out of sight and hoping good things for you. In the scripture reading in First Thessalonians chapter 4, in verse 13 it said that we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep so that you will not grieve as you do the rest who have no hope. I, I filled in for one of the high school teachers last quarter, and and they were looking at this, and the Thessalonians were, were losing hope because they were afraid that if Christ didn't come, that those who died would not get the reward. But he wanted them to be informed that that is not the case. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that you who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. He tells us these things in verse 18, therefore comfort one another with these words. And that was what I was was drawn to, to look at some of the scriptures that will give some comfort and some direction. Sean taught very recently, wonderfully, on the resurrection and, and the things that we can expect. Uh, it was an excellently structured lesson and everything. It was in depth, but I felt the need to return to, to some of these words because I want to give some encouragement and, and want to give some hope and want to celebrate a little bit about what we as Christians get to enjoy and appreciate that the world is not. I want to note that in the New Testament church when people talked about life after death, they talk about being changed. I want to talk about this idea of being changed and waiting to be changed. And we don't know exactly what we will be, but the scriptures tell us that we will be like Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, we read, but our citizen- citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Our lowly body will be transformed to be like Jesus' glorious body. The things that we experience here, the, the, the pain, the weakness, the physical degradation, the decay, the death, are no longer part of our changed body. That should be something that, that gives us hope because especially as we get older, um, we, the person that we were and the strength that we had is something that diminishes. But we can look forward to being hope changed into something that is beyond our understanding and beyond our greatest hopes. First Corinthians chapter 15, Describes this very well and it says behold I tell you a mystery we will not all sleep But we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised Imperishable and we will be changed For this perishable must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality for when this perishable will have Put on the imperishable and this mortal will put on immortality Then will come about the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? I love that it points out that this was something that was written. This is something that was pointed to. This was something that was hoped for. Because for all time, man has struggled with death. Has struggled with the fact that we cannot overcome that. It overcomes all men, but through Christ, no longer death is swallowed up in victory, and that victory is through Jesus Christ and though death may sting for a moment, it leaves because we have victory in Jesus. The next point I want to talk about that I f- that the, the New Testament Church talked about was the idea of confidence that we ought to have as Christians. Often when when people talk about meeting God, even amongst Christians, sometimes they say something to the effect, I hope God lets me in. But when Christians wrote in the New Testament, they spoke with confidence because heaven is God's promise to his people. God is faithful and we can be confident confident that he will fulfill his promise. In 1st John chapter 2 we read, Now little children, abide in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. Part of this verse describes a bit of um, uh, uh, cloudiness of vision. That, That those who did not know him wouldn't see him at all. And though we can have an image, we don't quite see him just as he is. But when he appears, we will be like him. We will see him just as he is. And the word here that is used several times is that we know. We know. We know. And the things that challenge what we experience in this life sometimes helps our heart to catch up to the things that we know. Sometimes we know some things in our head and they don't get in our heart. But the things that really challenge us force our heart to catch up to our head. And that's a good thing because you know what? We should be confident. We should know what God has planned for us and what his promises mean to us. The great theme of the Bible perhaps is God's love for us. A great theme we'll say in Romans chapter 8 it describes that what God's love is and what it means for us and it is something that is too great for us to understand but it is not something that is too great for us to experience Romans chapter 8 verse 35 says who will separate us from the love of Christ will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword Just as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We are being considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And it is odd how much death has surrounded us lately. Members and then family members of our members. It feels like an attack. This word here, we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But what do the next verses say? all these things that we could not overcome, tribulation, famine, or sword. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's easy to think... Well, maybe we think it. Maybe the devil whispers it. The devil likes us to doubt. He likes us to be discouraged. He likes to give us excuses for what we can't do. He likes to whisper. But God shouts. And this verse is a shout. That height, nor depth, or any created thing, including us, including ourselves, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's easy. The thing that I was going to say that the the devil sometimes whispers us is that when we mess up, that God doesn't love us anymore. And that is not the case. With the prodigal son, we see that the father is waiting with open arms, no matter how much of a Disappointment, disrespect,er ungratitude, ungrat- failure, screw-up, whatever you might use. Whatever, however much we do that, he is waiting, his heart full of love. If he was going to overcome all of the things that he overcame for us, why would he let our foolishness get in the way of his love? He loved us from before time again when he knew all the things that we were going to do and, and be weak at. But he saw something in us that was good and was worthy. And we can have confidence in that. That he is there waiting for us and that his love is true and eternal and big. So big. So we can be changed. We can be confident, but we can also even have preference. Not only are Christians in the Bible confident of their salvation, they actually prefer it. And you say, well, prefer salvation, they receive salvation, right? Well, the way that Ephesians describe salvation is something that is obtained but not complete for any of us in this room. Sean's salvation is complete. The people that we know that have accepted God, their salvation is complete because they have finished the race. And a Christian can actually look to that and prefer it, not just to hope it, but to crave it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our home, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, Eternal in the heavens, for indeed in this house, this body, we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. And naked is when you are vulnerable, when you are exposed, and we will no longer be vulnerable, we will no longer be afraid. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now, he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight, we are of good courage, I say, and prefer... Rather, to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. He warns a little bit that if you make this body your home, this is where I am comfortable, then it is easy to be absent from God. He challenges us to yearn for, to understand our true home, where our soul longs to go. Let that be our preference Paul was desirous of completing his salvation But he said I still have more to do In Philippians chapter 1 verse 21. He said for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain For if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me And I do not know which to choose But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is much better. Yet to remain on the flesh is more necessary for your sake. We don't get to choose. But we get to hope. We get to prefer. We get to look forward to what is ahead and let that affect what we do now. We get to choose fruitful labor. We get to choose good things, even though we might prefer to be in our eternal home. The passages that I read, though, have a unifying call. I talked about waiting to be changed. I talked about confidence. I talked about preference. Again, with the hope of giving us hope. But the passages that we read have a unifying call. If not right where we read them, then in the verses immediately after. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we read that you have a promise of being changed. But in verse 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. He's asking us, understanding the promise To be immovable, to abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain. This world is vain. Take a moment and, and look in Ecclesiastes and look and see how the things that are lacking cannot be counted, it says. The things that are missing are infinite. And no matter what good you do, eventually it's going to blow away. This world is vain, but what is not vain? Our work in the Lord. And the effect it has on the people around us. That long after maybe our name is forgotten or our wealth is blown away, that there will be a ripple effect of the work that we did for him. So he's calling us, be faithful, hang on. Your toil is not in vain. We read in 1 John chapter 3, but the next verse, in verse 3, it says, And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. We are meant to have hope. We are meant to have confidence of eternal life. And we are meant to try to live purely, to do our best, to orient on him, to look to him. None of us is going to execute on perfection but we can face him and we can take another step. And that's what he wants us to do. He he knew who we are. He knew our struggle, but he wanted us to seek him. And that's why he sought us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we saw that we can prefer life after death. But in verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things pass away. Behold, new things have come. We are to embrace being a new creature. That dead man that we were, that child of wrath that we were from Ephesians 2, is not the man, the woman, the creature that we should long to go back to. We are to embrace being a new creature. And then when we do so, we also get to prefer the completion of that journey. In 1 Peter 5, verse seven, we remember that we are to live confidently in God's promises. It says, to therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him Because he cares for you Some translations say cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you He yearns for that Because the load that we carry is great This day, but every day, but he calls us to try to carry it But the key here is actually to humble ourselves And then give him the things that we cannot carry because he wants that he wants us to trust in him to count on him and I would call us today that are in the moments where your cares and anxieties are too much to accept that they may be too much and to ask for help of your brother and sister because sometimes well because always in the Bible that's the way that God works is by using us, by using each other. And in those moments to, to get on your knees and ask him to help you because he will. I have experienced it and and you can too, and it is a wonderful thing to feel his strength. The last verse I'll read here is Second Timothy chapter four. And and I would ask that as we wait to be changed, as we, we live with confidence That we prefer our home, and that we are faithful. That we seek faithfulness, which was one of the most important things that Sean left with me from this place, was his understanding of faithfulness and its difference from just belief, but that. How we understand and have faith demands faithfulness, that we live truly. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So I'd ask us, brothers and sisters, let us fight the good fight, and let us fight it together, because we are not alone. He has given us the gift of his Son. He has given us the gift of his word, the only sword that can heal. And he has given us the gift of each other. So let us close ranks and lift each other up, and let's fight the good fight. Let's strive to finish the course. Let us keep the faith. Let us remember and orient on that crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to us on that day if we have loved his appearing. So I'd ask, brothers and sisters, if you need the help of, your, of each other at this time, if you're struggling with sin, You're not the only one, but if you'd like to ask for help, if you'd like to ask for support, then we would love to give it to you. If you would like to know more about what God's plan is for you in your life and how to accept him into your life and how to receive his gift and how to be baptized and have your sins washed away and rise up as a new creature, we would love to hear about that. If you'd like to answer either one of these calls, then come forward now while we stand and sing the song of invitation.